Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ah, uh, yes, there you are, lovely listeners. Hello, how are you doing? Oh, what's going on? Something's going on with my telephone. It's buzzing and I can't have that because I'm talking to you. Bluetooth is on as well, which is always annoying. Why is Bluetooth always on? It turns itself back on, which is a full-time drain for your battery. Why would you invent something like the iPhone, which is what I'm holding in my hand, that has so little capacity for battery and then invent a function called bluetooth which drains the battery on the off chance you might want to connect to a speaker i don't want to connect to a speaker listen to me listeners prattling on i'm supposed to bring joy and lightness to your day well let me do all of that and more because today we've got the wonderful dr Ranj on the show he is the star of strictly as you know i think he went out in the sixth round he was brilliant he's the doctor on this morning he's an author he is an activist and he's a telly doctor, among many other things. He's got a new book out. It's called Brain Power, a toolkit to understand and train your unique brain. It's a guide for keeping minds and brains healthy and happy. But really what it's about is neurodiversity, actually, which is things like autism and dyslexia and beyond. And him talking about how those are amazing things, not things that should be deemed problems. And it's very typically ranch. He is a wonderful, warm, warm-hearted brilliant human and i'm so excited about talking to him I've got lots of questions from you lot to take to him about lgbtq plus healthcare and he is going to solve all, all of our problems they'll all be solved by the end which is great let's kick the year off as we mean to go on will i say um anyone bored of january yet i am now then let's do a little bit of homo sapiens Dowers admin before we begin have you listened to our episode with the mega star Hayley Kiyoko. If you haven't, go back to the feed, have a listen to part one, have a listen to part two. She is great. I had such a laugh with her and she got the book, which I posted her, by the way, the HSP book. So now we were kidding on Instagram because now neither of us have read it. But, you know, we'll get there. Our email is hello at homosapienspodcast.com or you can get in touch on Instagram at homosapiens. Love you all messaging it's kind it's wonderful it's fun and we are a community we are a family that's what it's all about i just looked down and thought i hadn't pressed record and i thought hmm that would be a shame but i have i've pressed record this is recording you can hear me finally there are tickets still left for our first ever live episode of homo sapiens at king's place in london on the 14th of february aka valentine's day (laughs) bring a date is all i'm gonna say 
I'll be getting on stage with the delightful Deborah Francis White of the Guilty Feminist fame. We're doing a crossover episode. It's called The Guilty Homo Sapien. We're going to be sharing all the dark and sordid secrets we about being LGBTQ+, where we feel we're failing as LGBTQ plus people. Yeah, it's it's going to be really funny. Deborah's amazing and I'm okay. So it's going to be great. And if you want to get involved, you've got to go to the link in the bio, in the episode description, I mean. Or you can find it in our link tree on our Instagram bio. Mm. Go, go, go is what it says here. And I'm inclined to agree. Um, first things first. Bit of email. Hi, Chris. This is the first email. I also realise that I often don't make it very clear when I'm slipping out of the email into me talking, and sometimes that's confusing. So watch me for one episode only, probably be a bit better at that. Hi, Chris. That's the writer. The birds that you remarked on on today's podcast were jackdaws, which can be especially vocal when heading to roost in the evening or when waking in the morning. They are certainly no less likely to vocalise in winter, and no birds in Europe hibernate, by the way. What? No birds in Europe hibernate? This is brilliant. This is me talking now. This is an amazing... Thank you so much. I cannot tell you that exchanging emails about birdsong is part of my life. Makes me so happy. So thank you so much. So much for writing that in from an anonymous listener. (whistles) Anything you ever want to write in, by the way, if anyone wants it to be anonymous, just say and we don't read it out. We don't read the name out. We read the, the message, obviously. Next up... Wasn't actually hitting the keys in the first bit because I didn't want to move the page down, but then I it felt inauthentic. Hello. Love the podcast and catching up with recent episodes. I thought the Dry January episodes with Tony Hogg were very interesting. I've never done Dry January, but the stress of the pandemic has made me unable to drink more than half a pint of beer before I get sick. As a result, I have half a drink every two weeks or so. This person writing in, doing a lot better than I am. I have extremely mixed feelings about this. I'm only partially out as bisexual at age 33. And while I've done years and years of therapy, cutting through the internalised shame of trying to date in a fat AFAB body, AFAB meaning assigned female at birth, in a fat assigned female at birth body is always overwhelming in the moment of being with other people. I'm going to say this is anonymous because I don't know when they say they're partially out, I think I'm just going to make that it's anonymous but they haven't actually asked to be so i apologize to this person if they wanted their name to be read out but what i will say is i hear you i don't have problems with making new friends or having fun with old friends sober but alcohol feels like a tool to slide past the hang-ups about my body and sexuality that i can't reason myself out of and set some new patterns knowing that alcohol isn't really available to me at this point makes me feel like there's not much point in going out even when it's safe to do so and assume safe means COVID-wise, because I'm naturally very physically closed off to the people around me. Sometimes physical health doesn't feel very compatible with exploring how I relate to other queer people as more than internet chat buddies. Best person's name. Well, that's really interesting. You know, you said there that uh, I've never done joined joining. The stress of the pandemic has made me unable to drink more than half a pint of beer. Well, We've all got to listen to our bodies. And if it's not making you feel well, I'm so thrilled that you are listening to your body and not, and I understand that's coming with challenges as a result. But I do think that's the essential first step. You've got to do, we've all got to do that. 
And I think we're actually trained not to. So that you're doing that is great. And I think that you're absolutely right. Like alcohol totally does enable us to do certain things that we don't feel we can anyway. And that isn't always bad. I have Alan coming in my ear here because I'm always very earnest. And he's like, "Mm, sometimes it's great. But you know what? I wouldn't be so hard on yourself. I would say you will meet people on those internet chat buddies who you feel so comfortable with, you could take it to the next step. And I think even reading your email, you just sound like the most lovely person. So it's a pandemic. Let's all remember it's a global pandemic. It's fucked with loads of us. And things are starting to improve, starting to improve for some, not everywhere in the world. But time and patience, I think this is going to lift for you. And I wish you all the best. And uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I did ask for one for Christmas. But I feel like we all need to remember to respect our bodies like you are. You're a lesson to us all. And I really hope it does improve. And thank you so much for sharing what is a very interesting, unique perspective. Now, if this wasn't the right time to segue over to a lovely chat with Dr. Ranch, then I don't know what is because Dr. Ranch is going to soothe us all with his wonderful dulcet tones. He's an activist. He's a writer. He's written lots of brilliant books. He is ITV This Morning's Doctor. Let's go and have a chat with the wonderful Dr. Ranj. You exude togetherness. Do you think? Yeah, you do. I think people assume that doctors should exude some sort of control or authority. And I am probably none of those things. I'm just kind of making it up as I go along, much like everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not um, the medical stuff not the medical stuff let's just make that clear <laughs> <laughs> i meant in life in general <laughs> you've just been freestyling all these years uh, like mm, seems like a cold i reckon <laughs> isn't that why Here google go. was invented <laughs> yeah is it a responsibility being perceived as such a you know together person like for example ray our lovely producer just called you dr Rand instead of Rand, which i just think yeah. is amazing and we've actually yeah. in prior to this only been referring to as dr Rand because it's kind of like <laughs> you're this mythical responsible creature <laughs> it's, like, it's like a brand isn't it it's like a branding like yeah share or kylie oh my, oh my or, god yes or madonna i wish um <laughs> I think I, I think the, the, the doctor label, as it were, the doctor title does imply that you've got your stuff together mm. because everyone goes to you for help. Mm. So yes. you are supposed you are there to sort everybody out, be it, you know, a health problem or whatever it might be. Um, and I've kind of gotten used to that a little bit, but then mm. I've never bought into the kind of uh, therefore that means that I'm some sort of person who who knows it all. Or I'm the person who kind of gets everything and knows the answer. And, and certainly, you know, I'm, I'm learning just as much as anybody else all the time. Did you ever read that book by the surgeon Henry Marsh about being a brain surgeon? Yes, I did. I didn't read the whole thing, but I remember I read a few snippets of it when I was writing my first book. And I remember he, that was one of the ones that was using as a point of reference just to kind of see how other people were doing it he spoke about i'm pretty sure this is right this is why i'm getting it completely wrong but about how you kind of involved as a as a doctor in this kind of complicit lie that you have to pretend that you know everything in order yeah. to make that person feel better in some <laughs> respects <laughs> one of, i mean one of my friends uh really good friends from medical school said it really he hit it on the head but he said if you say anything with enough confidence 
people will believe you. Yes. Do you think that's, <laughs> do you think that's actually what being an adult is? Yeah. I mean, any job. I mean, if, when you look at the shitstorm that is our government right now, you know, they... they yeah. Or, or, the, or any kind of powers that be around the world, you know, people say things with enough mm. confidence that people genuinely believe them and think that they must yes. be right. And you don't, well, you don't have time to investigate the background. So you're like, well, if they said it, I might as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. kind of got people a long way. It's got people like Boris Johnson a long way. Sort of yes. This way. You know, yes, and everyone is looking for a looking for mm. direction or something. I, I, I try not to do that. I do sometimes have to mm. check myself and say, "Are you just saying that because you think you know, or are you just saying that because you actually do know?" And I think the more the older I've gotten, the more experienced I've got, the more I've checked myself because it's interesting, isn't it? When you're young, you think you know it all, and when you kind of get to my age, you, you realize how much you don't know, <laughs> and you think, "Yeah, oh." I'm just going to have to be careful what I say or how I say it, especially if you're on any sort of platform, let's say. You just have to be responsible. Do you also think there's something in there about like when you don't know it all when you're younger, yeah, you think you have to appear to because you imagine there's other people who do. But when you get a bit older, you're like, oh, no one knows. I might as well be honest. <laughs> yeah, possibly. There's um, There's that really famous graph, isn't there, about knowing stuff and experience and how like and, and age and like oh. when you're really young, you think you know it all. And then you go through that sort of phase where actually you're beginning to realise that you don't know it all. <laughs> and then you come yes. to some sort of middle ground where, really? you know, yeah, you come to middle ground where you actually, as you go on, you do tend to learn more and you kind of work out, work it out a bit more. And, you know, some of it oh, has okay. got back up to it. But yeah, I thought, what's it called? Is it this something Dunning curve, Miles Dunning curve? I'll have to look it up. It's a dumbing. No. Uh, we'll look it up. We'll post it. <laughs> Listeners, we'll post it. It's the range dumbing uh, The range dumbing curve, yeah. <laughs> Simply Google it. Um, and when you're talking about having to, you know, make sure you don't come across with all the answers when you have a platform like you mm. do, which is massive, how do you balance your... How do you divide your life is what I'm trying to say, because you obviously do the TV yeah. stuff. But then during COVID, you went back into the wards, right? So I never left the wards, actually. I think people kind of see me on telly and assume that that's all I do, for instance. And I, and I have to remind people that actually I, I still do the day job. Um, I work I work part time. I work part time. And then during COVID, obviously, I stepped that up because mm. it was important to and everything else quieting down. So I had the time to. But I do, I do have this sort of juggling act where I kind of try to balance all my various roles. And, you know, and, and the reason I do that, even though it's really, really hard work and I probably in totality do more hours than I've ever done mm. in my life, it just feels a lot more enjoyable mm -hmm. in a weird mm. way. Even though I'm working, I think, harder than I ever have because I used to work full time as a doctor and do nothing else. Yeah. And that felt like more of a slog, mm -hmm. I think, and more of a drain than me currently doing, I don't know, three jobs or whatever it is and kind of juggling them around. And and I don't have office hours. You know, I work late into the night like a lot of people do, mm. especially over the course of the last two years when we're all at home and office rules don't really apply <laughs> quite as yes. much. But yeah, I've, I've always kind of, I enjoy the juggling act. I like it. I like the variety. And I imagine they all feed each other in, in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. My drive for everything comes from my day job. You know, my passion for TV stuff or whatever it might be. 
And do people lose their mind when they see you in a hospital and go, oh, my God, it's you. I thought you <laughs> lived on the telly. <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, I work with kids and young people, so they're usually fairly uh, honest about stuff like that. And and, yeah. uh, and, it, and it's their parents that sometimes get a little bit inappropriate, but it's all fun. <laughs> it's never bad. Like trying to take a photo of you while you're doing like a consultation. Well, even worse than that, trying to take a photo of their child on a life support machine with me. And I was like, that's really not appropriate. (laughs) I don't think this is the right moment to be doing that sort of thing. I get it. You know, you're in that weird environment as a parent and all rules go out the window. This is not your comfort zone. This is not Mm. the real world. So you kind of latch onto any kind of, I don't know, normality or something that you can peg onto. But um, if in that moment I am able to bring people a little bit of normality or dare I say positivity in some Mm. way, shape or form, then I'm more than happy to do that. Because I think those moments are really, really important, especially when you're in crisis Mm -hmm. and when you're struggling and everything's quite overwhelming. And it often is in the environment that I work in for people who aren't used to it. Which is is paediatric emergency medicine. Yeah. So I I work in children's A&E, paediatric and emergency department. And sometimes also I do a bit of children's intensive care just occasionally. Um, So they're, they're, you know, they're really, they're, they're stressful environments they are intense environments and they are scary environments. Mm. So anything that kind of, I don't know, makes things a little bit more normal, I think is sometimes quite important to have that. As silly as it might seem. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What made you specialise in that area? Because I can't think of a more yeah. intense place to work. Well, there are lots. Much, I'm sure there are far more intense places to work. Um, and you speak to doc- doctors from different specialities, and I'm sure they'll tell you the same. Yeah, and also it's not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make out like it's a competition. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but paediatrics is the best, just going to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, what took me that way? Do you know what? I never envisaged myself being a paediatrician at all. Hmm. Um, I remember when I was in med school, I kind of enjoyed it. Like I did a little placement. I had a really good time. And I thought, I just thought this is just too clever for me. So um, I wanted to be a GP when I left medical school. And, and it's only when I uh, I didn't get onto a training program that I took some time out and started redecorating my parents' house. And um, 
And then I, I went for a paediatric interview and managed to land the job somehow thinking, do you know what, if I get this job, it's useful for being a, a general practitioner anyway. So this is not going to count against me or work against me. And then um, it was at a time in my life, I think, when I was feeling a little bit lost anyway and thinking, do I really want to do medicine? Is this really for me? Or have I underestimated what this involves and it's not giving me what I wanted. So anyway, uh, I was very much in that frame of mind, got this job, my first paediatric job down in Kingston, in mm-hmm. South West London, South, well, Surrey. I know Kingston Hospital. Yeah, it, Kingston Hospital pulled me back in. It really? Pulled, at a time when I was actually probably ready to leave medicine, I think. Why was that? I naively, I think, grew up having this sort of rose-tinted view of what being a doctor was. Mm-hmm. And I did one year of it as a junior doctor, as a junior junior doctor, my first year in hospital. And it was like a baptism of fire. It really was. And it was really hard. And I remember thinking during that time, this isn't what I wanted to get out of this career. This isn't, mm-hmm. I'm not getting what I need. I'm not getting the sense that I'm making a difference. I wasn't really, because um, partly because at that sort of level of experience, there's only so much you can do because you're so junior. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't the kind of medicine that I wanted to practice. It really wasn't. You know, there was so many things that I was noticing about our health service that weren't great. And I was like, this is not what I wanted to do. So that's when I kind of took a step back and, you know, ended up wallpapering and plastering and stuff for a bit. And then... Right. Um, you know, thought I better, I better apply for a job anyway. It was supposed to be taken six months out and then it ended up being a month in the end and, um, and found this other, this completely, it wasn't really completely new, but this new type of medicine mm-hmm. that completely suited, suited me down to a T and it pulled me back in. Wow. It saved me in many ways. Kept really? me in. How do you identify as a... I identify as a queer person of colour. Right. Yeah, I've toyed with various labels through mm. the years because yeah, this is the thing about labels is I feel like sometimes they're a little bit reductive. Yeah. And uh, and uh, when you feel like no label fits and then it was only relatively recently, especially growing up with the connotations around the word queer and how it was been used negatively and, mm. you know, pejoratively for in a discriminatory way for so long especially when I was growing up yeah um the word has been reclaimed and it now fits Mm -hmm. so I quite like the word queer and it also gives me a sense of freedom Mm -hmm. in a Mm -hmm. weird way is I don't know if that makes sense like if I sometimes I say gay for simplicity Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because people get it yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. Being able to use the word queer makes me feel like I have a slight freedom to make it what I want it to be, mm-hmm. depending on how I feel. Yeah, it's really funny you say that, though, because I do feel like I use the word queer all the time. But yeah, if I'm around like my mum and that generation, I feel like they think I'm being really activist if I say that. And <laughs> and I think... They... It, um, it is a bit, isn't it? <laughs> the, but people do write into this podcast and say, you know... I think that your use of the word queer is bad. Um, yeah. You know, and so I always am a bit like, who am I offending when I say it? But it's, it's you know, it's an evolving discussion. Um, yes. Even when we started this podcast in 2017, it wasn't really totally. being used. No. Um, but it feels like it's perhaps part of the, you know, the evolution of 
we're not mm. having to identify as gay men you know what i mean we're not having to yeah. identify as just by men we yeah. it's, it's more yeah. nuanced than that and I, I i i agree and i feel like the boxes we've used before were for other people to be able to identify us mm, mm, and mm. i felt like they were too they were too simple they mm. were too far too so i come from i come from a culture that is so nuanced and you know has recognized a third gender for thousands of years mm. so <laughs> So um, I, I don't like I don't like boxes and labels because I feel like it makes us think we can only be a certain way, and I feel like the evolution and revolution of the LGBTQ plus community and the fact that young people are adopting these labels because they haven't had that negative experience mm. and they've reclaimed, for example, the word queer. I think it's I think it's quite progressive in a way. And it's funny you say that about the third gender thing. I think it it it's oft oft look at me using a shakespearean word it's <laughs> often overlooked or not remembered that you know yeah. like asian culture is so progressive in that respect and yeah. i remember you saying about you know it's a culture that reveres transgender people it yes you know invented yes. the karma sutra um, exactly exactly there are so many i mean asian culture is massive as you know it's yes. you know it's so rich and diverse in itself but a lot of, I mean, we can say the same about a lot of cultures around the world and around the, around the globe. And they were thriving and had these very, very, what we now call progressive ideas mm. and ideals and ways of living. Um, and it was through certain points in history, for example, through colonialism, that things were changed and people were told and made to be a certain way. So, you know, colonial era anti-LGBT plus laws in India, for example, that's where they came from. Mm. Um, and undoing some of that, and especially in places like Africa as well, and, uh, you know, undoing some of that hangover is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, really hard. And it's interesting. Like, I, get, I come from this hugely diverse culture, but in a weird way right now, my culture is actually still catching up to what the Western world is doing, even though at one point it feels like it was leading the mm. way. Yeah, it's, it's important not to forget that. You know, do a lot of people, young Asian kids message you and need your help? And do you feel like you're a big yeah. role model? And what's that like? I, I'm, I always find role models interesting mm. because I never had any when I was growing up because I never saw anyone that looked like me. I think, in a position of sort of privilege, as it were. So I use that term very respectfully because I think that when it comes to being identified as a role model, like, it, it mustn't feel like you can't fail. Because <laughs> like, there's a huge, it feels like a huge responsibility and pressure, but I, I recognise they're really, really important. Um, I do get people, and it's not just young people of colour or Asian people, um, it's across the age spectrum, actually, people that have shared a similar experience to what I had because I came out later in life. I came out when I was 30 mm. and also younger Asian people who were like really kindly saying things that like, I'm so glad you're here mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that you're around and parents of young Asian kids saying, I'm so glad that you're visible mm -hmm. and my little ones can look up and see you and see themselves potentially and also see potential. That's mm. what I want them to see. I don't want them necessarily to be like, oh, well, Dr. Ange is a big old gay. I want to be a big old gayer as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I want them to, to, to see me and say, do you know what? I can do stuff. 
Yeah. I can do some of that. Like, I'm not saying I've done a lot, but I'm just saying that I want them to see potential and possibility. Yeah, and potential to be whatever version of yourself. Yes, it, yes. That's yours, but in spite of... Freedom and permi- permission. Permission yeah. to be... That's exactly... Absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Chris. It's permission. I want them to see possibility and permission. Mm. Um, and that, if I, if people call me a role model for that, then I'm proud. Mm. I'd be proud to take that title. And have you felt like you have been... What's the word? I want to say kicking shit uphill, but I'm trying to think of something more, <laughs> more poetic. Pushing, uh, pushing a boulder up a hill. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Wading, um, wading through treacle. In the presence of a doctor here. Um, yeah, I, you know, has it... Do you feel like it's been harder? You wear it so lightly. I wonder whether that is accurate. Um, yes, it is it it is an uphill struggle. You're right, absolutely. But I feel like as I'm going to use the term generally now, as queer people, mm. society trains us to be strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Society, it doesn't train us. It pushes us to be strong. Let's say that. Society doesn't train us. We train ourselves and we train <laughs> each other. Mm. But we are pushed to be strong. And that Mm. can work in two ways. And sadly, some people will falter because of that pressure and others will learn to thrive. Mm. And there's a reason why, you know, our community is so bloody fantastic and does so many amazing things because we're pushed to do it. You know, throughout history, there have been so many queer people who have done incredible things, superhuman things and contributed to culture and history and society and life as we know it. And it's only because they were pushed to have to be better than Mm. everybody expected. And that's been our blessing and our curse, hasn't it? And I feel like if add any, add any other sort of consideration to that, for example, people of color or disability or being transgender or even just being female, like, you know, add any other pressure on top of that. um, Mm. It just becomes Eve, that's the steep, the, the incline gets steeper, mm. doesn't it? But that, but yet we soldier on. We do this. Yes. And it feels like it's our job to support each other, I suppose. Totally. I was really lucky once I got an award, um, an Attitude Award for television um, in 2018, it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember being up on stage and you have to give a speech and stuff like that. As, it's lovely. It's really nice. Um, you know, I know some. Pe- I know sometimes patting ourselves on the back is inherently problematic. <laughs> but <laughs> if we're not record, if the same hey, people if just I'm keep being over it. and over again, <laughs> yeah, but hey, let me have this one. <laughs> um, and, 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 I, and I'd always, I remember when I first came out, um, thinking of Attitude as like I, I write for Attitude magazine as one mm. of their uh, columnists, but. That was to me one of the pinnacles of LGBTQ plus life, and and I always remember seeing the awards and think, God, wouldn't that be really really cool? Um, anyway, it happened this year, and I and I was very conscious of saying that, you know, you know, there's that phrase that I stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes, and there have been so many people before us that have allowed me to do and and helped me to do what I do, and I've also borrowed borrowed the wings of angels. You know, these are awesome people who have struggled infinitely more than I will or have, but have meant that I can now be who I am. Mm. And it's right we do that because we do it for each other. Yeah, we pass it forward, we pay it forward. 
pausing there. I'm going to call it, I'm in love with Dr. Ranj. Um, not in that sense, but you know, it's a crush. He's wonderful. Go find part two of some Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.